Cuckoo everyone. Cuckoo. Welcome to Europhile. I'm Catherine Rory. And I'm Kate Walker. Hi Kate. Hi What's up? Kat. How are you? Good and you? What's up? Nothing much is up. Dog sitting this weekend. Yes, we are dog sitting we have a little for lovely Luigi. Luigi. <laughs> <laughs> it's been very fun. He's very lazy, so yes. it's an excuse Honestly, to have a lazy weekend. <laughs> yeah. What else did we do? Signed up for Masterpiece. <laughs> oh my <Theater>. God. <laughs> How did it take us this long? I don't know. Our lives are about to be revolving around Masterpiece. I know. Sitting on the couch. Just wait. All the recommendations. Um, Yeah. So Sanditon, obviously we have recommended this before, but Mm -hmm. Sanditon's second season is coming out tonight. Yes. Thank God. Thank God. What will happen? Little party. I'm Mm -hmm. excited. Yeah. Mm -hmm. With Luigi. Yes, I'm excited for that. (laughs) Yep. He'll love Mm -hmm. it. Well, it's been a minute since I have had the big topic today after your lovely (laughs) two-parter big ones (laughs) so i'm going to talk about something that i wanted to talk about for a while Mm -hmm. today so we're going to england Mm -hmm. and we are going to talk about the mitford sisters oh who i've alluded to you have mentioned them yes multiple times i still don't know anything so i think they are well known in the uk i think they're like public figures from Mm -hmm. you know the 20th century wealthy upper classes some of them are writers but so i didn't know who they were until i studied abroad in england and i took a really fun course that was called the real downton abbey and just talked about like the rise and fall of like the english country estate and classes and things like that and it it was such a fun fun. class Mm -hmm. and this is where i learned about the midford sisters and of course everyone else knew who they were and i was like utterly interested (laughs) besotted so it's gonna we're gonna get into ick territory okay Okay. i don't you do not love all of them some of them are bad people but okay very fascinating great The Mitford family was an aristocratic family that traced its heritage back to the Norman Conquest. So what, I think the 11th century, (laughs) like a long standing aristocratic family. Okay. The dad is David Freeman Mitford, who is Baron Reddesdale and his wife, Sydney. And so I got some of my information from a Vanity Fair article and the writing is so beautiful. I'm going to like quote it here. Okay. David and his wife, Sydney bestowed upon the world six daughters. In order of birth, Nancy, Pam, Diana, Unity, Jessica, and Deborah, and a son, Tom. They grew up in a series of country houses and cottages where their eccentricities and enthusiasms flowered like orchids. Oh, wow. So, there was I'm, a boy. Yes, one boy. Six so, Six girls. girls and a boy. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And so I'm going to talk about all seven of them today. Some of them, we don't, there's not much, you know, they lived, you know, comfortable, Mm -hmm. normal lives. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, they're all unique, but in some others, crazy. Okay. So only the son went to school, probably because a male. That's what you do. Entitlement. Yeah. And then B, they were like cash poor. They didn't really have oh, okay, a ton okay, of money. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So the girls' education was like spotty. 
all over the place. Maybe their mom taught them something. They probably had some governesses. Mm-hmm. Maybe they taught French and reading, but like not the most extensive mm-hmm. education. Okay. They were left to their own devices. Their parents, they weren't around. They didn't really care. They weren't the warmest. And mm, okay. so the girls formed this bond and they had their own quote unquote language <laughs> called Bodlejedge. Okay. And so, like they just talked kind of funny. They uh-huh. all had like unique nicknames for each other. So Unity was called Bobo, Diana Honks, Jessica Decca, <gasps> Debra Debo, and and so on. Cute. That's that. Those mm-hmm. are the only ones. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it was like they're very eccentric. This wealthy, wacky family. They're born between like 1904 and 1920. The oldest mm-hmm. to the youngest. Mm-hmm. What a crazy time in history to be growing yep. up and experiencing mm-hmm. things. Like, what were the two huge political parties that, like, destroyed everything? We have the fascists and the communists. Okay. And also there's socialism. But, you know. Yeah. Sure. So between them, they all chose their different ideologies and were, like, intense about it. Okay. So there's um, a, a New York Times article about them, and this is how they were described. We have Diana the fascist, Jessica the communist. (laughs) This is about to get really interesting, you okay. guys. So, Diana the fascist, Jessica the communist, Unity the Hitler lover, Nancy the novelist, oh, Deborah the duchess, and Pamela the unobtrusive poultry connoisseur. Because she was like a farmer. Oh, <laughs> so, okay. So, so just... we, they're all over the place here. Oh, literally, my and God. like, Hitler and like enemies. Lover. Yeah. Okay. So, once we get to Unity, it'll, it'll be crazy. Okay. So, let's start with the eldest, Nancy. So, she was born November 28th. We have, what is that? A Sag. November 28th. Yes. Yeah. Fun. She was the novelist of the group. A very successful novelist at that. In fact, I bought her two books today. They should be arriving next week. Oh, that's Because I was like, I have wanted to read these for a Mm, while. I've seen, like, BBC, you know, versions of them. But I want to read them. Are they on Masterpiece? Yes, Master I've recommended one. I've oh, recommended okay. one here before. I so feel, we'll, we'll get to it. Yeah, I definitely haven't seen that, but... It's good. No, we'll it has to. Lily James. It's oh, the, called The Pursuit okay. of oh, Love. Oh, God. What? Wait, maybe I've seen it then. That sounds familiar. Anyway, whatever. Okay. <laughs> I love Lily James. <laughs> On her 18th birthday, she it was her coming out ball. Her entry into society. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she was presented to court presented to king george v at buckingham palace like very wow. high up All in society yeah. this family yeah so oh she was a part of the bright young things obviously we have yes. an episode about the bright young yeah, things yeah. Mm-hmm. and nancy declared during her life at that time that we hardly saw the light of day except at dawn oh so so fun, fun. you know mm-hmm. i love the bright young things and she was married in december 1933 to the honorable peter rod you know, probably someone else of the higher upper classes. Mm-hmm. But their marriage wasn't the best. I think she, she, unfortunately, she reminds me of Jane Austen in the sense that, like, someone who wrote about love and was seemed very loving and mm. warm never really got that. It didn't pan that. out for her. Yeah. Yeah. And in 1939, her husband left for southern France to work with the relief organizations um, for 
Spanish refugees coming from Spain during their civil war. Okay. And so she went to join him. And this is, you know, her experience, her like firsthand experience with fascism. Oh, she was like a socialist, staunch, anti-fascist okay. person. So obviously I hinted that her sisters had very different ideas than her, yeah. some of them. And during World War II, she would like report on her two fascist sisters' activities to MI5. Wow. So, like, extremely broken Against. up family. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. And, like, politics tore them apart. Yeah, that's a shame. She stayed in London throughout the Blitz to help her community wherever she could. And then during World War II, she met a French-Polish man named Gaston Polowski. She said he was the love of her life. It was never really reciprocated, unfortunately. Like, I guess they they had an affair, and, like, Mm -hmm. she was in love with him, but I think he was a cheater. He wasn't that interested. Um, So I'm like, ugh, that's it? Like, that's the love of her life. Just doesn't treat her well, and, like, then basically just moves on and leaves. But then in 1945, she publishes The Pursuit of Love, which was, like, an instant success, and it was, like, exactly what people wanted about love and childhood in the English upper classes. It was like a great escape from like what's what's going on in England and Mm -hmm. Europe at the time. Mm -hmm. She became a best-selling author. And then a year later, she decides to move to Paris and she would never return to England again after her move. And then a couple years later, she wrote her sequel to Pursuit of Love, which is called Love in a Cold Climate, which is That is the one. Okay, that is, okay. Yeah, yes. and that was like had an even warmer reception than the first. Okay. Yes, so I just I started two that of those so. show. Okay, but I didn't finish. Okay, because it's like someone comes back from India. I think I, think. I watched it, but a long time ago. Okay. okay, and then she was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma and mm. passed away in the seventies in her home in Versailles. So wow. that's sister one, Nancy. Wow. Nancy, author, wow. great person, great talent. We like, we approve of okay. Nancy. And okay. I think Nancy is the one that in, in England, or if you're a fan of the Mitford sisters, like that's the one that you will like hold warmest yeah. to your heart. Yeah. Then up next we have Pam. She was called okay. woman by her siblings. So I think she must have been like a very mature little lady, you okay. know, like always the adult amongst the family. Mm-hmm. And literally don't know much about her. She married a millionaire they got divorced, and then she lived the remainder of her life with an Italian horsewoman named Giudita Tomasi. Are you kidding yeah. me? Wow, she's yeah. really living the dream. Just find your happiness and relax and... Get your money. Get your bag. <laughs> yeah, that's from true. your first husband. Yeah, exactly. And, and then, then live fun. all you want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so she died in 1994 in London. So, sorry, Pam. That's 94. all I really have about you. Okay. Yeah, so she was born, she was also a Sag, November 25th, wow. 1907. Okay, so she fun. lived a long, healthy, mm-hmm. I hope happy life. Mm-hmm. Then we have the only son. He is a cap. <laughs> Wait, I should say his name first. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> skipping to the, the horoscope. Um, the Honorable Thomas Mitford. Mm-hmm. So, of course, he was the only son. He was educated at Eton, as mm-hmm. one is. Yeah. <laughs> And <laughs> there he had an affair with another student. Okay. So here's some juice. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Like, I wonder uh-huh. what his staunchy old papa thought about that. Okay. You know? Love. 
um, he also later in life had a lengthy affair. Like literally, this is all I know about him with an Austrian Jewish dancer named Tilly Loesch during while she, while she was married. Mm-hmm. So like he seemed a little bit of a naughty, cheeky bohemian kind of guy. Yes, totally. Mm-hmm. But according to his sister Jessica's letters, he supported British fascism. So here's the first fascist okay. in the family. Okay. And he was posted to Burma during World War II because he refused to fight against Germany. Okay. He died in action there. Okay. That's all we have on Tom. Okay. Diana. Here's one of the, one of the biggies. We have... Okay. Who, who are the fascists? Diana and then later Unity. So let's talk about Diana. Oh, God. Okay. Great. Yeah, I know. It's, it's crazy. What do you support about fascism? Exactly. You know? Exactly. Like, what is the goal... Here. It's just you're filled that's with hatred and, and prejudice, yeah. and that's about it. And racism, yeah. probably. Not probably, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So in the beginning of her life, she seemed fun. She seemed normal. And then she meets someone who changes her life, and now and then she becomes poisoned. So oh, she, God. you know, was June 17th Gemini. Oh, my God. That's really funny. But June I just, 17th Gemini. Yeah. She's a Gemini, right? So she yeah. was normal up to a point, seemed normal, okay. seemed fun, and then like, switch. Okay. So, um, you know, whatever, she came out, blah, blah, blah. She was married to Brian Walter Guinness. And together. Guinness. The, yeah. Oh, she is the grandmother of Daphne Guinness. Oh, that's yeah. very fun. Yes, very fun. Mm. And, of course, they were one of the it couples of the Bright Young Things mm-hmm. as well. The couple had an income of 20,000 pounds a year. Okay. For anyone who may not know, I, don't, I didn't do, like, the math of what it is now, but that is insane wealth. They were the ones in the Bright Young Things who, like, threw the crazy extravagant okay. socialite parties. Yeah, they could afford So they too. had a great time. Yeah. There is a writer whose name is familiar, but I don't know anything about him. His name is Evelyn Waugh. Nope. Waugh. I think he was like a, How do a you poet. Spell it? Um, his last name W A U G H. W A U G H. I think I probably just know about him in my. I would see him in photos of bright young things, and mm-hmm. I remember hearing about him. He said that her beauty ran through the room like the peal of bells. So wow. just like one of those super beautiful, fun, lively, bright people. So here comes the turn of events. In February 1932, she this. meets <laughs> Sir Oswald Mosley at okay. a garden party. And he would soon become the leader of the British Union of Fascists. Okay. And they became lovers. He was also married at the time. So, you know, you got bad political views and you're cheating on your yeah. Bosses. It's just not, not good. good. Bad not people. good. No good vibes. <laughs> no. <laughs> exactly. If only had someone had told them that, maybe they would have stopped. No good vibes <laughs> to be had here. <laughs> so in 1934, Diana goes to Germany with her then 19-year-old sister Unity. Okay, this is where it starts to get oh god bad. They go to the first Nuremberg rally after the Nazi rise to power. Okay. At this time, well, Unity, we'll talk about her. She was working on becoming close friends with Hitler. That's like what she wanted most in life. Okay. So, Loser. yuck. Uh-huh. Like they were so enthralled that they go to the a rally later that year, and then they were entertained as his guests at later rallies and events. Mm-hmm. And he um, provided a Mercedes-Benz to chauffeur them to the Berlin Olympic Games she became great friends with Magda Goebbels. Okay. So these literally like are the 
horrible people that they are deciding to rub shoulders with. Mm-hmm. In 1936, this is fucking crazy, Diana and Oswald wed in secret. In, but he was married. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they okay. got divorced, whatever. Okay. They were married in Joseph Goebbels' drawing room. And who was in attendance? Hitler at their wedding. So Yeah, that yeah. literally makes me ill. Makes me so sick. Yeah. We know that this is happening. So obviously other sisters don't talk to her. Mm-hmm. We have her dad basically like renounces her. Mm-hmm. So it's not like this is just acceptable yeah, to, yeah. to other people okay. in the family. Just so you know, like I said earlier, Nancy is like she reporting has... to the government against her own sisters. Yeah. She was dickmatized, and that's maybe what <laughs> happened. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. No, I don't know. Nothing is that good. Yes. <laughs> yeah, maybe she's just she's just bad. She's just lost her marbles. Yeah, Unity could be maybe worse. So we'll get to Unity in a second. Oh, great. Um, okay. But during World War Two, she and Oswald um, were interned by MI6 for mm. like being known fascists. So they were basically yeah, yeah. like put in prison in the UK for okay. a couple years because you know they That's were so interesting why would you go to the uk yeah you, i don't know yeah. maybe it kind of things sprung up on them and they didn't i don't know yeah, yeah. i have that happened well, really good go to jail yeah exactly and then i honestly don't have much about the rest of her life because i was like Ugh, i don't <laughs> I, I don't need to know about you sorry you you're suck. awful and you <laughs> yeah you're awful and like i don't really care so she died in paris in 2003 at age 93 Wow. And according to her obituary in the Daily Telegraph, mm-hmm. a diamond swastika was amongst her jewels. That is so gross. Yeah. Okay, that's enough about Diana. So she's sucked her whole life. Yep. We're going to move on to the other bad seed of the family, Unity. Okay. This is weird. She was conceived in the town of <laughs> Swastika, Ontario. Oh. That was like in her Wikipedia page, and I was like, that is like creepily accurate relevant yeah yeah because her family had gold mines there i don't know i don't know much about that time in canada but um okay. so doesn't it matter is... we didn't come here for canada i'm sorry yeah <laughs> it's we came not here for content. the euro oh, yeah. <laughs> so it is speculated that she turned to nazism as a way to distinguish herself amongst her family are you that desperate that okay. you're gonna Edith. become from evil downton yes. abbey <laughs> yes freak mm-hmm. don't become bad to get attention yeah. there is a guy who researched her life uh-huh. and his the quote from him is i think the desire to shock was very important it was that that made her feel special when she discovered nazism and discovered that it was a fantastic opportunity to shock everybody in england she discovered the best tease of all what was you're her sign Ill. you're ill in the head oh yeah <laughs> Cancer. She's a Leo. She's Leo. <laughs> so annoying. Sometimes we can be so annoying. And that's a great uh, example of that. So this is funny. Like, not funny because it later became tragic, but so funny is in kind of ironic. She shared a room with her younger sister, Jessica, and Jessica was a dedicated communist. So imagine two little girls. They drew mm-hmm. a, a chalk line down the middle of their room. Jessica sighed decorated with hammer sickles vladimir lenin what a crazy time to grow up yeah what children have like their president on the wall yeah you know it's very weird and then unity side was decorated with swastikas and pictures of hitler just wild okay and the the historian who researched her life said um so wild (laughs) 
Yeah, I know. They were kids virtually, and you don't know how much it was just a game. A game that became very deadly serious in later life. Yeah. So, Unity, mm-hmm. she... Okay, here we go. The way things end for Unity is crazy. I'm ready. She came out in 1932, <laughs> mm-hmm. and that same year, um, her sister, older sister Diana, and her husband, they like had their were going through their affair and he was a part of the the British Union of Fascists. Mm-hmm. So I think like she's a young teen now striving for attention is mm-hmm. like that that's it for me. Okay. And not long after is when they went to Germany together where they went to the rallies and things like that. Mm-hmm. And she saw him at the rally for the first time and she said the first time I saw him I knew there was no one I would rather meet. Ugh. Just gross. Just like of... sickly obsessed. And yeah. Like I don't understand it. No, I don't think most people could understand this weird obsession that she had. Okay. I've had weird obsessions with people, so it's fine. But like not unhealthy, horrific people, you know? Unhealthy people. Maybe not horrific. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Definitely unhealthy. Bad in other ways, not this kind of like no, evil. No, not Nazi evil. Yeah. No, just more need therapy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's most men I can, yeah. would venture to guess. <laughs> and women. Yeah. We all need Yes. Therapy. Okay. Yes. You're right. <laughs> so she returns to Germany in the summer of 1934. She, like, becomes obsessed with Germany. She starts taking German language classes. Okay. And she enrolled at a school that was close to the Nazi party headquarters on purpose. She was obsessed with meeting Hitler. Like, it became her number one obsession. And she okay. would, like, stalk him, basically. Okay. Figure out what cafes he went to. He was very public, actually, which I didn't know. Like, yeah. people knew his morning cafe. His people schedule. knew where he went for lunch. People like, And he would be there at the same time, mm-hmm. same days. Yeah, so it was pretty easy for her to like get a hold of him. So after 10 or so months, he finally invited her to his table at lunch one day. And they had a great conversation, I'm sure, you know, because she was just obsessed. Very enlightening. Yes, mm-hmm. how fun for them. <laughs> And in a letter to her father that she wrote, she wrote, it was the most wonderful and beautiful day of my life. I am so happy. That is sad. I suppose I am the luckiest girl in the world. Blah, blah, blah. I don't even want to drone on more about it. And he became like a little smitten with her and like thought that meeting her was fate because she was like connected to to people higher up in British society, whatever. Uh He would kind of play her off of his new girlfriend Ava Brown at the time and Ava wrote in her diary yes Ava Uh wrote in her diary like how jealous she was you know of this is very juicy and then you know obviously we all know happened with him and Ava Brown but it kind of like Ava I guess had a suicide attempt and that's what like drove Hitler to like her side and to be with her Unity sees that and is like okay, I understand, like, this is a man who, like, takes these things seriously and, like, needs a lot to in order to get his attention. So she's going to do something later on that's oh, kind of crazy. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. After Britain declares war on Germany on September 3rd, 1939, mm-hmm. that afternoon, Unity goes to the English Garden in Munich, and she takes a pearl-handed pistol given to her by Hitler for her own protection. Okay. And she shoots herself wow she does not die she survives her suicide attempt yeah and she is hospitalized in munich where hitler 
would frequently visit her and pay for all of her medical bills. Guys, this is My crazy. Is I know. Wild. She would live out the rest of her days with her mother. She was returned to England. Mm-hmm. She returned to England. I mean, like, she had to reteach herself how to walk. She was under the care of a neurosurgeon professor in Oxford. And she never fully recovered. She was basically like someone, you know, like if you have a stroke, like you're forever changed afterwards. Her intellect was likened to that of a 10-year-old, like a a sophisticated child level Mm -hmm. is what they called her. And 10 years later, she died of meningitis, which is like swelling of the brain that was Mm -hmm. due to the bullet in her head that was still in that couldn't be removed. So yeah, so she passed away 10 years later. Okay, there was a rumor that she had given birth to Hitler's child in Oxford. I don't have dates. I was like, okay. it's, it's all rumored. But it's like been confirmed that she was a patient in a maternity hospital there at, at oh, the time. Oh, yeah. wow. And there are like whispers of like people who were nurses at the time, like told their daughters who then told their daughters who then like told mm-hmm. the press. So it's mm-hmm. like very, I don't think we'll ever know, but gave birth and then the child was adopted. So like there could be an heir. Um, a, a someone, um, an heir, I don't want to say heir, but yeah, like a direct lineage to Hitler out there that who may that's not even know it. Really disappointing. So that's all on unity. Crazy. Unity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So on to <laughs> Jessica, the communist of the family. Okay. Called Decca. Lenin. Yes. Sickles. <laughs> yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that wasn't great fascinating. either. So I know. Far. I know. Like, come on. Be like Nancy. Be a socialist. We love that. Please help your community. Yeah. Yeah. They called her the red sheep of the family. Oh God. That's funny. <laughs> it writes itself. You know. Yeah. So she was born September 11th, 1917, and Virgo. that. Okay, Virgo. Interesting. Mm-hmm. At the age of 19, she meets her second cousin, Esmond Romilly. Second cousin? Okay. Still legal. Second cousin is fine. <laughs> right? There. Yes. That's, yeah. It's legal here now. I think it's still legal now. Your In second the US? cousin. Yeah. Your second your... cousin? I, I mean, I believe so. you. That's weird. Like, I don't know why I, I feel so staunch in that <laughs> fact, but mm-hmm. I think that's fine. Okay. Anyway, still a little too close for me. Is that like genetically fine that's probably why it would be allowed maybe don't quote me on that i don't know why i really feel firm in this but i could be very wrong okay so she meets him when he was recuperating from dysentery that he caught defending madrid during spanish civil war okay he was the nephew of winston churchill which i thought was very interesting Hmm. and they fall in love immediately and they elope to spain where he he was like a an investigative journalist reporter for a magazine basically like both of their families cut them off i don't really know what happened mm-hmm. they um they got married and they moved to london i think they just maybe they cut themselves off from their families and just decide to like live like normal <laughs> people what do you say because they're commies yeah commies <laughs> yeah <laughs> i had a teacher in school who would always say and he would always drink a LaCroix. Was so Is he funny. old? Yeah, he was old. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I was like, that can only be said by someone who's like lived through that. I feel oh, like the totally. commies. Yeah. And you, you gotta would say, say it, it like that. The commies. commies. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So then they move back to London and live in the East End, which was like a poor industrial area. 
Mm-hmm. So she lived a really fascinating life, actually. So in 1939, they emigrate to the U.S. So thank God they, you know, escape the horrors of war. And okay. they are traveling around, working out jobs. He enlists in the Royal Canadian Air Force. And unfortunately, he went missing in action. Okay. Um, like okay. over during a raid in Nazi Germany. Mm-hmm. So she throws herself into work. Through her work, she meets and marries American civil rights lawyer Robert Truhoft in 1943, and they settle in Oakland, California. Mm. They are still staunch commies, as you say. <laughs> <laughs> And and the, they're like a part of the communist party. Like uh. obviously now we're in like McCarthyism, Red Scare yes, era yeah, yeah. in America. Mm-hmm. And they were summoned to testify in front of the House of Un-American Activities Committee. Wild. They went. They refused to name anything, and they mm. were like just dismissed as unresponsive because they like refused to give up yeah. any information. She would go on to be a successful investigative journalist. Okay, Nancy. And Jessica have my heart because she would, like, write critiques on the prison system in America, on, like, Mm. financial abuses in the funeral system. Like, who would find, like, crazy things to talk about. She campaigned to get wrongfully accused people of color acquitted and out of prison. She would riot against the KKK. She was barricaded Mm. with Martin Luther King Jr., like, against a mad crowd of the KKK like attending one of his sermons like she Mm -hmm. lived a a crazy crazy life life. yeah Mm -hmm. and she died in 1996 of lung cancer at age 78 so she seemed so fascinating to Mm -hmm. me too and like did so many good things like an amazing journalist is basically Mm -hmm. like what she was hailed as okay so here we are we're to the last mitford sister okay and it's a bit shorter on her as well we don't have much Um, We have Deborah Debo Mitford. She was born March 31st, so she's a beautiful Aries, much like myself. (laughs) (laughs) She was born in 1920, so, you know, that is a pretty huge difference in age from Nancy, who I think was born in 1907 or 1904, so, like, a pretty big age gap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think she kind of missed all the craziness of her older sisters. And she, you know, grew up, went out in society. She meets Lord Andrew Cavendish, who will eventually become the Duke of Devonshire. Okay. So they get married. And when his father passes away, he becomes Duke and she becomes Duchess of Devonshire. Fun. Want to know what their estate was? Chatsworth. Chatsworth is Downton, right? No. Is it? What is Chatsworth, it? Chatsworth. Two fun facts. Okay. It is literally in Pride and Prejudice, the book. So, you know, when Elizabeth goes to visit Pemberley, uh-huh. she visits other estates, and Chatsworth oh, is mentioned there. And okay. then Chatsworth, the actual estate, is used as Pemberley in the 2005 Pride and Prejudice. Oh, my God. So stop. So oh, my God, I didn't know that. their family home. That's fun. So it is basically, like, because of her, why it's become so successful Mm-hmm. And, like, taken care of and maintained. And, like, she built so many businesses out of Chatsworth. Oh, good. Design, decor. She started, like, a farm that, like, employed thousands. I mean, not thousands, God. Hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. All, like, surrounding 
the home, her home of Chatsworth. So that was like what her legacy was, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's one of the most beautiful estates Mm -hmm. in all of England. So pretty amazing legacy to have. And that's basically all that I have about her life. And she passed away in 2014 at the age of 94. So the Duchess of Devonshire. Yeah. So that is the story of the six Mitford sisters and their brother, what a wild time. What a wild ride. Fascinating. <gasps> Evil. Fascists, communists, Evil and good. And socialists. <laughs> yep. And Journalists. Nobility. Duchesses. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. I'm really excited to read Nancy's books. That's so. very fun. Yeah. Wow. I want to w- watch that. Yeah. I think it's either a movie or miniseries. The miniseries Pursuit of Love. Yeah. And then Love in a Cold Climate. Yeah, I want to... Okay, it's a miniseries, so, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I want to read that. them and then rewatch. Yeah. That's so great. So what do you have for me this week? So my little mini topic, I was going to talk about a legend in England. Oh, okay. Good. So, you know, I had another topic this morning and, you know, thank God for TikTok because they <laughs> literally... They stay inspiring. Give you everything. <laughs> Every idea. So we're going to talk about the legend of the Tower Ravens, like the Tower of London. Oh, yes. Okay. Okay. So it's said that the kingdom and the Tower of London will fall if the six resident ravens ever leave the fortress. And there are nine there in residence today. Okay, good. A little buffer. It's thought that Charles II was the first to insist that the ravens of the Tower of London be protected. And Mm. it said, if the Tower of London ravens are lost or fly away, the crown will fall and Britain with it. Wow. I love a little lore. Yeah. So the king's order was given against the wishes of his astronomer, who I guess Uh. was in the tower at that time, and complained that the ravens impeded you know, made it hard to observe space. Oh, oh really? Yes. What a nuisance. <laughs> Can't see a thing. I know. But the actual origin of this legend, you know, will it fall or not, whatever, is this is when I was researching. I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> um, so the earliest legend that connects the tower with the raven is this Welsh tale of the war against this Irish leader, I am going to butcher this name. I tried to look it up, but I don't know. Malthowich? Okay. We're going to do that. Um, (laughs) Who had mistreated the Princess Bronwyn. So Bronwyn's brother, Bran the Blessed, who was king of the Britons, eventually was king of the Britons, ordered his followers to cut off his head and bury it beneath the White Hill, which is where the tower is today. And, like, it faces out towards France as a talisman to protect Britain from foreign invaders. Mm. So Bran is the modern Welsh word for raven. And that's where I was like, like, George (laughs) R.R. Martin really is a freak for history. (laughs) (laughs) No stone left unturned for that guy. He knows everything. Yeah. The magical and protective qualities of ravens are tested throughout Celtic mythology. 
Oh, And the knowledge that Bran's head was buried beneath the White Hill would serve as protection and reassurance in the Celtic tradition, just Mm. as modern ideas about the presence of, like, the ravens does. Okay. And so it just basically says, like, it's from folklore, and it might not be true. It might be true. It might be magic. It might not be magic. Yeah. But regardless, just a good idea. (laughs) Just keep them. Why not? Yeah. If not for the legend. Might as well. Yeah. yeah. And the story. And it's said that, this is separate, but it is said that during the execution of Anne Boleyn, even the ravens of the tower sat silent and immovable on the battlements and gazed eerily at the strange scene, a queen about to die. Mm. And then it said that the ravens of the tower behaved much worse during the execution of Lady Jane Grey, pecking the eyes from the severed head. Oh, yeah. 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 Yucky. And now, historically, well, like, I guess historically, wild ravens were common throughout Britain and even in the towns. And, like, the tower was basically just, like, in their natural range of where they fly and, okay. like, would always be there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, since London got built up and it's not really in their natural range. So now they have, like, the tower has official support helping like they have a grandmaster that right. rears these so birds kind of and take care of, takes care s- of them yeah okay. i mean there's like so many like stories about impressive uh po- politicians or celebrities being um impressed by these birds but um <laughs> the current names of the tower ravens are oh. jubilee harris <laughs> grip Rocky, Aaron, Poppy, and Georgie. Aaron. <laughs> Aaron. Everything benefits, and then there's Aaron. Aaron. <laughs> He's a 90s, 90s boy, 90s yep. boy band name. <laughs> yep. And it said that they're really smart, and they have their own personality. They can mimic sounds, play games, and solve problems. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I feel like I've seen videos of ravens crows and this. ravens doing, yeah. like, being very, I don't know, playing actual games they're very smart yeah wow okay that was fascinating i love the tower of london yeah gone several times because i feel like if you're yeah. in london and you're being a little touristy you gotta do it yeah it's so fun you gotta go gotta go look visit. at the jewels oh yeah see mm-hmm. the spots hear mm-hmm. the histories mm-hmm. yep we love the bee feeders love the tale of a ghost have, have their gin <laughs> delicious um. <laughs> Thank you, Kate. Okay, do you have a recommendation this week? Oh, okay. Yes, I do. So last week we mentioned it, but I realized we didn't share what it was or even oh. talk about it. A very delicious wine that we had last weekend. Oh, um, yeah. It was oh, my God. the Tempranillo wow. and the uh, Tempranillo Latrona, which I don't know quite what that means, but whatever mm. it was, absolutely delicious. The winemaker is Partida Cruz, and it's Spanish. Mm. And it's wow. a natural okay. uh, Tempranillo. Delicious. I took a photo Absolutely of it. We'll delicious. be sharing it. If you mm-hmm. see it, grab it. It's a little bit, you know, more of a special price point, I will say. But mm-hmm. it was it was a special evening for us because it was the finale of Grand Hotel. So <laughs> yeah, we, had we had to do to it right. A little Spanish. Yes. Delicious. Libation. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have for me? I have a recommendation in New York City. Oh, so I was in New York like a few weeks ago for work and I went to this bar twice and it's called (laughs) Bar Pisolino. It's in what the lower east side, west, west village, 
West Village. Don't know, don't live in New York City, don't know anything <laughs> about anywhere. But I know that that place is so yes, cute. So it just cute. made it makes you feel like you're in Europe, which mm-hmm. I really love. Like yeah. they have little sandwiches. You can have any kind of like cocktail, little Italian cocktail. It's so like not fussy. Yeah. It's just cute and tiny and mm-hmm. So cute. Adorable. I love, love it. it. Great so spot. twice. <laughs> yes. Super cute. Yeah. So, and like good in the winter, good in the summer, because then you can sit outside and get your yeah, spritz yeah. and they give you mm-hmm. olives. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is so good. Oh, I want to go. Mm-hmm. I need to go back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Kate. That's so great. Yeah. And I'll wrap up with the word oh, yeah. of the day. Please. Our word of the day is lush. Lush. Oh, like, that's it was so just good. Lush babes. But Pizzolino, like, so lush. lush. So it just means like amazing. Mm-hmm. Or so you cute. look lush, like you yeah. look amazing. You know, like, I love that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. cute. So cute. Yeah. Oh, I need to say that more. Lush. Mm-hmm. Cute. Oh, thanks, Kate. Yep. So good. Thank you, Kat, for your wild ride. Thank you. Of a family God. story. Aren't they fascinating. Crazy. Crazy. Absolutely like, crazy. We know, like, we all know. Your siblings don't necessarily have to get along all the time, but like, wow, that's crazy. In one family, yeah, the this divide, yeah, it's, it's just unimaginable. Well, I guess in the past couple of years, a lot of families have gone through large yeah. divides. Yep, as well in the U.S. Uh, luckily, that has not happened to me. Oh, cut, but... cut, cut, cut. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. anyway, I've been sitting mm-hmm. on that topic for a long time, so I'm really glad I'm that I finally got to talk about I'm them. Glad. Yeah. I, you have been talking about it, and you would, would bring it up in other episodes, so I'm glad yeah. you finally. Because I was literally like, I don't know a thing about these. <laughs> Sorry, girls. now you do full circle. <laughs> now I do. <laughs> now everyone Good. can go listen back to my little hintings bright, of them in other episodes, young, and you'll get things. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks everyone for listening. And we'll talk to you next time. Ciao. Ciao.